Welcome back to another episode of Old Fashioned Work and Whiskey, a podcast about simple guys with simple leadership enjoying simple drinks. My name is Jason Courtney. I'm your host. And as always in studio with me, our engineer and contributor, Olin Hyde. Yeah, glad to be here. Back in studio with us, Mr. Matthew Davis. Welcome back, sir. Thank you. Thank you. And for the first time in studio, our good friend, Christopher Middleton. What's happening? Chris Middleton flew in yesterday from Indianapolis. That's correct. So we're excited to have you and hope you're going to enjoy the beach this weekend. Yes, I'm looking forward to some sun and warmer weather uh, getting out of the cold of Indiana. Absolutely. Well, talking about the warmth, how about the warmth of this Calumet, Calumet? Calumet. Calumet. So we've we've looked all over the internet for pronunciations, and there were at least three different ones. But it's Calumet Farm, 14-year, and it is straight out of Kentucky. So it is quite delicious. Are you guys enjoying it? It's very I smooth. Very yeah, smooth. I, I can feel the hair growing into my chest as I drink. That's yeah. a very important part. So a little bit about Calumet Farm, um, you know, it's, I was wondering, I was like, why Calumet Farm? Like, are they, what else are they growing? They're actually straight out of Kentucky, um, Lexington, Kentucky, exactly. And they are a horse farm. A horse farm. A horse farm. So the rise of glory came to the Calumet Farms as one of the most dominant names in horse racing history. Over the decades, the farm has produced two Triple Crown winners. Really? Wow. Eight Kentucky Derby winners. Eight Preakness winners. Eleven horses total in the National Museum Racing Hall of Fame. Wow. Wow. Who were the two Triple Crown winners? So I don't have those names, and I probably should have looked them up, but... I, I was just impressed. You know, I'm, we had a little bit of this, Owen and I did, while we were down in Tampa for a conference with our CPA. It Shout out to Charles D. Shapiro with Widget Bookkeeping. Super smooth. So mm. smooth. We wanted to drink it straight. It was it was great. But today we do have it in the form of an old-fashioned, which is probably my favorite way to drink a bourbon or a whiskey. And Olin, why don't you tell us a little bit about how those are made? So there's a lot of variations on the old fashioned, but the basic recipe is bourbon, simple syrup, dash of bitters. Then you can dress it up with uh, maraschino cherry. And usually it comes with an orange twist uh, for a little flavor in there. And then they come smoked, uh, which is how we like them. But today it's just a very, very simple old fashioned. We've got orange bitters, simple syrup, and the bourbon just because it's such a good bourbon we didn't want to really overpower it with smoking it or putting in uh cherries or anything to distract from it it's just a really really smooth bourbon so to tell you how great it is uh so it was barreled just so you guys know march of 2006 um 96.2 proof 48.1 percent alcohol by volume so it's stronger than the one we had last time but i'm going to tell you it's smoother I wouldn't right. have guessed that. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem as strong as the last one we had, but it's uh, it's great. I really enjoy the warmth and, and the flavor. It's about as Kentucky as it comes, right? We've got bourbon, and it comes from a horse racing farm. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag America. <laughs> well, today's episode, we've talked a little bit about whiskey. Let's get, a, let's get into that old-fashioned work ethic. We want to talk about 
things that we wish we could have done differently or things we wish we would have known when we started business six years ago. We are going to talk about what we wish we could have done differently or what we know now. For us, you know, it's only been five years, but Chris, how long have you been a business owner? Uh, this year will be 12 in June. 12 years in business. You uh, you nailed it perfectly from the start, right? Well, I must say it was a little more difficult than I had envisioned, but uh, I had grandiose plans for a big company and um, but it's been, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy journey. No, that. no, it's never as easy as we think as, uh, as we've made this journey ourselves, we've learned a lot along the way. And I think for us, the number one thing that we were not prepared for was cash flow. So as it's an on or- all three lists, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's the common theme on all three of them. I totally concur. Yeah. So, uh, those that don't know, we bought an existing franchise that I worked for, Olin had worked for in the past, and it was successful already. It was it was well run. They they handled everything, never missed a payroll, so I just assumed cash flow was fine. Well, it was, except for the fact that we were broke, and even though we borrowed an extra hundred thousand dollars in our SBA loan for working capital, we were it was gone in the first month. So in the beginning, it was just myself. Matt and Simon. And I remember sitting in our, in our office before lunch one day and I looked at him and I said, guys, I don't know how we're going to make payroll next week. And they're like, what? I thought we had a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, yeah, we did. It's, it's gone. Not been taken, not poorly spent. It was on everything that we needed. Labor, chemicals, consumables, insurance, it just wasn't replenishing as fast as we were spending it. And I'm like, I, I don't know what's going to go on. I, I mean, I was, I was broke. I hope the SBA doesn't listen to this. I had to borrow money to borrow the money from the SBA, right? Get that tightness in your chest. <laughs> yeah. If the SBA listens to this, I'm probably going to prison now, but hopefully they don't. Uh, so yeah, I was, I'm, I had no idea. I mean, our payrolls back then were $25,000 a week. Um, you know, after four weeks we were, Where's, where's our cash? Where's, where, where's more money? And for us, we, I mean, we're three guys that didn't come from a lot, right? We all left decent jobs and took pay cuts to come. So it wasn't like we had a bunch of money sitting in our accounts. Like, well, we'll just, you know, I think Simon uh, volunteered. He's like, I think I've got two or three credit cards I can max out. Like we can, we can take cash advances. And I'm like, I I can probably get (laughs) 5,000. I don't know that's going to do anything. Drop in the bucket. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was trying times, but we eventually figured it out. We, uh, we got some advances from corporate through uh, our accounts receivables program. Um, We, they bill for us. And then uh, they passed through our money. But back then it took, what, 10 to 14 days to get it? Possibly longer, depending yeah. on the customer's payment. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if the customer paid this Monday, we didn't get that money until the following Wednesday. If we got paid on Thursday, we didn't get the money for two Wednesdays. It was it was a crazy pay cycle. Now much better. We get our money within a week, um, you know pretty consistently it's it's a great new system that they've worked out but it was hard right yeah it was very hard and uh, i didn't start out with any capital i didn't get an sba loan the only working capital i had was myself and so i worked every minute of every day that i could to save as much money as i could 
And that is the thing I, I struggled with for the better part of probably three years was the stress weekly of not knowing if I was going to make payroll or not until I finally had enough time in to go get a line of credit. Yeah. So we were, we all went to, I say we all, Chris wasn't here yet, but Olin, Matt and I, we went over yesterday to hear our former franchise owner and area developer, Mark Charles speak. And he talked about when he started this business, he would work 18 plus hours a day and it would be so bad on the way home. He would have to stop and physically throw up and then get back in his car and finish the ride home. He would be so nauseous from the stress and from the the work that he had put in and the lack of sleep that he would get physically ill. Was there any of that for you, Chris? Uh, not physically ill, but it was 18-hour days um, probably for, for me for the better part of a good three years, I bet. And then it probably started tapering off. And that was six days a week and eight hours on Sunday. Wow. Because I had to do everything as much as I could myself to pay myself every penny I could. And, uh, I did, that was the thing I, if I'd have been smart, I would have had a little bit of an SBA loan. So I, maybe I could have hired some help out of the gate, but I was, uh, wasn't business savvy in that regard. I was yeah. business savvy in other regards, but not that one. It's a challenge. Cause it, uh, this is my second time as a franchise owner, uh, this time as a partner with a group of four guys. But the first time was when I moved to Tampa <clears throat> after I proposed, propositioned as we said uh my my wife uh, i moved there and i had fallen in love with the brand so i started my own franchise but like you chris i didn't have any money like yeah. i had enough to to get it started but not really get it going um yeah. and so yeah it was all on me i was out cleaning i was out selling i was out hiring i was doing all of it and uh yeah so my big take one was you don't have enough capital it was like whatever you think you need take that and double it Double it one more time, and then you might want to add 10%, and then you might have what you think you really need. Well, and especially in this business, because we're in a business where you have to outlay so much up front for, for a customer when you bring one on, and then sometimes it's a month or 60 days before you get paid. It's not like a tra you know other traditional businesses. So. Yeah. One of the service-based, yeah that, yeah. that is an important distinction if, if people are out there listening. It's not retail where you're getting daily cash collections to help offset right. some of that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're You're – bringing on a new customer, you're hiring somebody, you're buying equipment, you're servicing them for 30 days, then you might get paid at the end of that. And in our franchise model, then you add another 10 days for processing. And so right. now you're 40 days out of labor, chemicals and equipment that you've right. had to front. Yeah. Yep. And 85% of our contracts are net 30. I mean, That's when you find the larger ones, it's net 60. Some, some shoot for net 90. It can be a huge drain on you. We yeah. actually had to work with. That's what I was going to say. I remember right after that uh, lunch in your office of uh, how are we going to do this? We went to one of our largest customers and was like, hey, we're on net 30. Can you help us with some of these terms here? And mm -hmm. luckily, yeah, we ended up with net 10. You know, they were nice enough to work with us. But I mean, even having to you do that talk was about a freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, it was like, it, it was unbelievable the amount of freedom that gave us, but you're right. It took a huge relationship, right? Like, so we talk about withdrawals and, and deposits into the emotional bank account. That was a huge withdrawal. Luckily we've, we've built up a pretty large emotional bank account with them where they, they have faith in us. They know that if, if we, if they need it, we'll be there. Right. Uh, I mean, the coronavirus has been a huge example of that, you know, before they even knew they needed it, we had uh, electrostatic sprayers and 
we've had wipes the whole time, right? We've, we've been able to provide all those needs for them. And those are the kind of things that built that bank account for us. So let's shift. The next thing I would say for us would have been people, right? And not only number of people, because I swear to all that is holy, we've never had enough people. If we've we'll, ever had zero we'll open hours, I, I think I would have a heart attack, right? Like Even for one week, right? Not even yeah. one week. Zero open hours usually just only lasts for a matter of hours, exactly. and then it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so for us, it was the number of people, but the quality of people, right? Looking for the right people. At one point, it was the 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 mirror fog test. Have you ever done that, Chris, where you oh, just yeah. hold it under their nose and if it fogs, hey. And what does that mean for people who are listening that may not know what a mirror test is? Yeah, you just hold a mirror underneath their nose and if it fogs up when they breathe, they're alive so they can come work yeah, for us. Yeah, come work for us. You're qualified. Yeah, yeah, that's the qualification. Yeah, we're not, we're not looking for smart or fast or strong. If you are breathing, we will take you. And that was, that's <laughs> been our hiring method before. It's not anymore. Um, with the, with the labor market, the way it is, it could become again <laughs> soon. Uh, I was in a round table the other day where they were talking about, you know, if, if only two out of five, um, applicants get hired, maybe we should just hire all five and see if we can get three out of the five to stay. We've done that before. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, it doesn't play it doesn't, out. Yeah. No. <laughs> doesn't play well, but the people, you know, I was very specific in going out and getting Matt and Simon and Olin, um, my friendship and now partnership with Chris was strategic and enjoyable. You, you know, you got to find the right people to fit those spots. Uh, is it Jim Collins with the good to great that talks about the right person in the right seat on the right bus? Right. You know, the right people on the bus and then finding the right seat. Yeah. It's not enough to be on the right bus, right? They got to be in the right seat. And now we've got multiple buses rolling around. So you've really got to make sure, is it the right person on the right bus? It's not even is it just the right seat anymore? You know, we, we've talked about moving people around, doing different things. It's, it's always about the people, but the people give us the greatest ROI. You know, we talk about return on investment and is it worth it? And the people always are right. I mean, I've never had an issue where I've invested in someone that was worth it. And I was like, Oh, I wish I wouldn't have invested that much in them because they, they made me so much money. Right. Like it's, (laughs) it's never going to be that route. Now, and you can, you can always uh, pour more into people. And uh, one of the things that I think that people uh, forget is people start their own business because they can't stand their corporate America job or whatever job they're in. But then when they start their own business, they try to run that business just like they did corporate yeah. America. Yeah. It's like you, you got to build a great culture a lot different from that if you want to have a fun place to work and people to stay and, and people to bend over backwards for you. It takes a skill set. Um, one of those things I noticed on your list, Jason, you have investing in yourself. And that is a huge deal. If you are not growing as a person, then you have nothing to give people. You need to be always trying to grow yourself so that you can invest into other people. And that kind of filters down line in your culture. And uh, it's, it's incredibly important to have that. And, and for me, that started with people skills, because I'm a very run you over uh, I just say what comes to the my, top of my mind most of the time. Sometimes it wasn't very pleasant. And I That's wondered, what I love about you, by the way. Well, I wondered why in my corporate America <laughs> Some job. Some people don't find that as uh, endearing. Not everybody. <laughs> I am with you. I always wondered in my corporate America job, why, why, why can't, why am I, I'm not getting promoted? Why, why are they not looking at me? And I didn't realize what a complete idiot I am. I mean, 
And so I started learning people skills and reading books to, to understand how to deal with people. And when you look at life or you look at everybody that's in a high level job, if you have an engineering company, the engineering manager is the guy with the most people skills. The, yeah. the, the attorney that's the practicing manager is the person with the most people skills. So if you're a brash individual, start there before you start your business, start honing those skills now so that you can, because if you're not good at dealing with people and customers, you're not going to have a business. You got to work on those skills. That's yeah. a good point talking about investing in yourself, because if you don't grow yourself, your company will outgrow you. Exactly. And then you'll be the limiting factor of your company. Exactly. So you want to talk about easy, take a company that can barely make payroll that you're all working, you know, 10, 12 hours a day and then say, Hey guys, um, I'm going to leave town for four days and I'm going to spend $400 on a plane ticket, $700 on a hotel room. And this conference costs $600. But when I come back, I will be better. Okay. Just <laughs> those are definitely some interesting conversations. They, they still are sometimes like there's sometimes where you're like, oh, you really need to go to this conference. Like, you know, I've, we had this conversation just a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> there's a, there's a BSCAI CEO conference, the BSCAI building service contractors is what we're a part of. There's a CEO conference, which I have not gone to. Some people, Matt, have pushed me to go, and I have not. It's always in, like, Aruba, Hawaii, Bahamas. And I'm like, that's a vacation. That's a, that's a tax excuse for a paid vacation. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to go to that yet. And it's I can. Yeah. I'd really like to. My wife would probably like to. So why don't you go next year so we can do this together? <laughs> and the thing with that is you always come back from, you know, whichever conference – and you build all of us up, like you fire us up because you're so fired up. See, I wasn't so, sure if sure if you guys liked it or hated it because I always came back with homework. <laughs> yeah. I well, tried to always bring gifts. And it's not like it can be annoying, but it's for the greater good. It is for like, the greater good. I remember the. I think Matt yeah. still has the brute trash can on his desk. One year we were at a conference and they had out like. It, yeah, I think it's actually yep. it's actually a koozie for your Coke. None of us realize that. And at the lid was a coaster. <laughs> But it's it holds change in my office. It holds pencils in Matt's office. Like it's just different things. But it, I always tried to bring back cool little gifts. So I, investing in yourself is huge. It's a hard step to take because it costs money and it costs time. But in the end, it will be your greatest ROI. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Chris, let's talk a little bit about yours. I know we talked a little bit about capital. What uh, what else did you find over your course of twelve years of? business ownership that you wish you could have gone back? Well, I think uh, for me, I didn't, I didn't hire people until I needed people. And that was a mistake because then I'm always behind the eight ball. We were growing so fast that I couldn't keep up then. And if I'd had people already waiting in line to, to come and join the team, I could have maybe stayed ahead. And that, so I've, I don't think we've ever been ahead on hiring people in 12 years. If you figure it out, let me know how to do it because <laughs> yeah. I am I will pay for that. And so it's a constant better. struggle. And I got into the whole, you know, if they fog the mirror. And my gut would say, well, I don't know if this person's the right one. But I'm like, I think they're good enough. And then I would pray about it and be like, God, if they're not the right person, please get them off the bus. And they they wouldn't show up the next day or whatever. Okay, I'll, I'll keep cleaning this building myself until you bring me somebody else. But Sometimes you have to put your foot forward first and hire somebody, even though you don't think you can. And God then opens the doors up and shows you how you can bring that person into the team. And that helped. That happened for me with my first supervisor. I felt like I needed one, but I didn't think I could afford it. And finally, I was so stressed. I'm like, I, I have to do it. And so I brought somebody in. We were at half a million dollars in revenue. 
at that time, and I didn't have anybody helping me still. Holy Unbelievable. Cow. Yeah, I mean, that's that most crazy. people are dying at $15,000 yeah. a month. They're like, oh, I need help. And I'm like, I laugh at him. I'm like, dude, I was at $42,000 a month before I hired a supervisor. And wow. so because I wanted every penny in my pocket to support my family because I was the sole breadwinner at the time. But when I took that step forward, then God, because I was like, okay, I'll do it part-time. But when I took the step forward, it was like God opened up the doors and showed me I could bring that person on full-time and how to do it. And everything worked out great. And it was just, he was waiting for me to take the step in faith before he was going to show me the way. He normally does. He does. He does that. He doesn't just say, hey guys, this is the easy way. Step over here. Yeah, just come over here. He does ask for that step of faith for sure. Yep. So, so hiring people too late, anything else? Cash flow, hiring people too late. And then. Um, just how hard it is to build a good team. I mean, and people and just. In the, especially in this industry, knowing that people are going to disappoint you. I mean, I think, I think we're all blown away at how disappointing people are. And, you know, you, you have all these people that say, oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'm, I'm really excited. And then they never show up for the first day of work. And, and it's just, you know, it kind of blows you away at how people will just lie straight to your face. And you just have to be able to roll, let it roll off your back and continue on and just know over time you're going to build a great team. It just takes time to do it. Yeah. So those are those three points from, from Chris Olin. We've talked a little bit already about having enough capital. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the other two that you have, which kind of, kind of run together. Um, let's talk about the market aspect. So moving to a brand. Well, one is it's not just that, uh, I would say new markets are tough, but there's big life events, and if you do too many of those at once, it makes opening a business really challenging. So, <laughs> like getting married and having, having kids, kids, yeah, and, yeah, and moving a to a brand new location yeah, and starting a business all at the same time. <laughs> exactly, like uh, that was you know, brilliant. Olin. Younger Olin was like, "I can do this. That yeah. won't be hard." And it was really difficult. And there were times I can remember calling Jason after going out and cold calling and striking out and just being like. I need some positive encouragement, buddy, because today, like, I just want to throw in the towel and be done with it. But I think that's because I had a, a different perception of, like, how easy it would be to start a business. Like, I'll move down there. I already know how to clean. I worked for the franchise owner. I already know how to sell. I did that for the franchise owner. Like, the bookkeeping part can't be that hard. Like, I've got this down. I'll just go down there and I'll run this business. And it was it was a reality check. So in our podcast room, we have what uh, is my favorite collection, the Marvel collection. So I'm a huge Disney fan. Disney recently acquired Marvel. I love that because I'm a huge Disney fan. Annual pass holder. Try to go five times a year with my brother-in-law who's sitting across from me and my sister. And I think we're going to start bringing my niece because she's 10 now and we might let her earn that right. So, um, But we've got Marvel characters. I'm looking at Captain America and Iron Man, Thor, right? We've got all these great and, and I don't see you drawn up there, Olin. No, no, I'm not up there. So I am above myself. I do here. see him over here, yeah, though, and he does here. have the a Superman. We do have characters. Yeah. yeah, but you might have bit off more than you can chew with the uh, large life events there. So I did, definitely. Until you get on the Marvel drawing, maybe don't make that many large decisions I did not have a power core generating uh, my, my heart uh, <laughs> yeah. as much or as I thought camera. I might have. Well, now you know, right? <laughs> now I know. I'm much... Uh, much wiser because of it. And so because you're in a new market and arguably large metro markets are even harder to break into Very than competitive. local country folks like us. But so once you finally broke in, 
you get to a comfort level, right? Like, I mean, we've gotten to a comfort level here. Chris, surely you've gotten to a comfort area where you're like, you know what? I'm making enough money. We can just sit back and relax, right? But Olin, that's where your third point comes in. That's right. Never take your foot off the gas. So, and that comes in both sides of it because as Chris mentioned, hiring people too late, like sometimes as a business owner, you have a tendency to get staffed up, quote unquote, and then you take your foot off the hiring gas and you don't have applications coming in. You're not doing interviews. The next thing you know, two or three people quit and you're like, holy cow, I'm behind the eight ball here. I need people fast. Right. And same thing. So then you go out and you sell, 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 and you bring in two, three big accounts. And then you're like, oh, I got to switch over. I got to start hiring. And then you stop selling. And so you're doing this constant back and forth. And it's a good balancing act of you got to keep your foot on the gas, but that doesn't mean pedal to the metal. That, that just means you're keeping everything nice and steady across the board, cash flow, people, sales. Like it, it's a, it's a tough thing to do as a business owner to balance those things, the cash flow, the people side, uh, which I will, I'll classify as operations and the sales side, like that it's a real balancing act. And it doesn't mean you go pedal the metal on operations, pedal the metal on sales, pedal the metal on, on capital, but you have to find that nice, uh, we'll say Sunday drive speed where, it's a, a nice steady cruise and it doesn't kill you jumping back and forth. Yeah. Chris, how long did it take you to figure that part out? Um, well, I wanted to add on to that because really in the last month, it, it kind of smacked me in my devotional time. So because I did get very comfortable in my business and not really having, and after so long, for me, I like to, I like something new. I like to be challenged and I was starting to feel kind of blah and I didn't feel like I was driving the business the way I needed to. And I got the realization that um, I am the steward of this business. God owns it. And it's like the parable of the talents. It, he wants us to continue to grow the business, not just, okay, we're at a certain size. Let me plant it in the ground now and leave it there and just stay the same size. And so I realized that, um, you know, I still have to continue to drive and push this business forward and, and you know, keep us, keep the foot on the gas. So, yeah, Absolutely. So today we've talked about what we learned over the course of our time here. We've learned things like if you think you have enough cash flow, you don't, right? If you think you have enough people, you probably don't. If you think your people are good enough, they may not be. Always be looking for better and invest in yourself. If you're going into a new market, be prepared for hard work and keep your foot on the gas. Don't, don't wait for it to become easy. Just keep going past the easy and, uh, you know, all these things are going to be fine once you work through it, right? Growing pains. So Calumet Farms, 14 years, so great. This is the first old-fashioned I've ever had in my life. I have to say it's pretty, pretty good. Well, join us again. See you next time. Old-fashioned. <laughs>